Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Dirty Giants podcast. We got Mike Hershey on, and let me tell you, this guy is a big buck killing machine. I was really excited when he agreed to be on the podcast. I've looked up to Mike for a while now because he's just consistently killing big bucks and always um, seems to be chasing them and always seems to get it done year after year. And he does this on general season, easy to draw units. So I think there's a lot to learn from Mike, and I I was really excited about our conversation and how it turned out. I think this is going to be an awesome episode. Anyways, before we start, I just wanted to ask you guys uh, um, to whatever platform you're listening to the podcast on, if you could just leave a review, um, that helps us out a lot to kind of get the podcast out there to more people. Anyways, let's get started. All right, welcome to another episode of the Dirty Giants podcast. I say this every episode, but I'm actually really excited for this episode. Uh, We have Mike Hershey, and he's killed multiple giant bucks, and he does it on um, easy-to-draw general season units as well. I've known Mike's family for a while. I've really looked up to him for quite some time, just his his consistency in killing big bucks. So I'm really excited to talk to you, Mike. Thanks for getting on. Well, thank you. I, again, it's, it's a great honor to, to be able to share some information and experiences. I, I think that's how I, I learned some of my, my, uh, tools that I use is just from, from others. Yeah. Well, whatever tools you're using, it looks like, (laughs) it looks like they're working. So I'm excited to kind of, pick your brain and hear some of these stories as well so I kind of just wanted to start off of maybe like what got you so passionate about like chasing big bucks how did that all start oh man this is uh this goes back a long time uh, I um as a young kid I was just enamored with with hunting and shooting and at eight and nine years old I had a paper out and I drove around my my uh, city of Hurricane on a pedal bike with a banana seat on it, and I had a I had a <laughs> scabbard a scabbard on my bike, and I and I and I shot birds and threw papers, and and I shot anything else I could I could shoot squirrels or whatever you know back in those days, and and I just I just loved hunting, and it just uh, became it grew into something as my dad was a barber over here in hurricane and he uh he had some guys that would come in and bring him magazines and and uh i don't remember us ever having a subscription of these but i read outdoor life sports of field uh uh, field and streams those those were the old magazines and i'm dating myself because this was back in the 70s and 80s um (laughs) and i i just loved them and i and i loved the mule deer stories because that's what we had here and i was i just my dad told stories of of hunting big mule deer bucks, and and I didn't ever actually I've never seen my dad kill a big buck, but he has several stories that just I I think I'd lay in bed dreaming about them because I loved hunting so much, and <laughs> and so that that's what really got me excited about about hunting mule deer. Just so it. was was your dad pretty into it, or is it kind of something that you develop more of? I guess. You know, I wouldn't say my dad was, uh, he, he was, a he wanted to go hunting every fall. There's no question. We, we were, the hunt was a, a big fall experience. 
it was a big family experience and it, it was one of those things that this is this is how my dad how serious he was into hunting and and which i'm i'm saying lightly because he he wasn't so serious into chasing big deer he just wanted to go hunting and, and we would load up the truck and and uh, friday night before the hunt and and like uh, he would grab us a grab a milk jug filled with water and we'd head to the mountain and, and he'd throw that milk jug out <laughs> a little bit before we got to camp and and uh, shoot it at about a hundred yards and and it, it would explode and we would we would all look at as kids with just our eyes would get all big and be excited. And it's like, and, and he, he seemed to get a deer every year, you know, they weren't big bucks, but he would shoot deer every year. And, um, yeah. it was just exciting, you know, and that was, we didn't do any scouting or anything like that. It was just, it was a, it was a great family experience. So that was, uh, <laughs> yeah, that was my history with getting, getting going. <laughs> so what, like so then you you kind of started on that what got you like at what point were you like okay i want to kill these next level next level deer well let me let me say this first and i'll go into that question i i uh I yeah. think that's a that's a great question and and uh i want to I give a shout out first thing I, I wouldn't be able to do any of the things that i've done without my my wonderful, uh, dedicated, beautiful, uh, giving wife. She is, she has allowed me to follow my passions, to spend, to spend the kind of time that I, that I need to feel, to feel grounded, to feel, um, to, to recharge my batteries, you know, to get out in the hills, to, to uh, exchange that energy that's in the hills and and that refreshes you. But my wife has been a great support, and I and I just I love her, and that's that's why I'm able to to do some of the things. So um, next thing is you know before I killed a big buck, my first buck was was a, a second weekend of my first hunt. Um, we went up to Monroe. Uh, back then we could hunt anywhere in the state. And, and my uncle yeah. Kelly Dutton, who just passed away this week, and this is kind of tender at this time because of his passing this week. But he, um, yeah, I'm sorry, it's all it's all right. The, the memories will go on. Well, he. We went up to his home in, in Monroe, and I had a doe tag and a buck tag, and, and we went out that morning and shot a, I shot at my first deer with a doe out in the field south of, of Monroe. And then we came uh -huh. back to his house, and we, we uh, saddled two horses, and we rode right out of his house to the, to the east up in the mountains there above Monroe, and, and we, we made a big loop, um, and he shot a buck, and uh and i shot a buck and we come back into yeah. town walking our horses with two bucks you know evil all hanging over the saddles and it was just <laughs> a two point but that was that was my first deer and that right there you know that ignited that flame like okay now i want to get a big one i, I you know and and uh man i had buck fever that that first buck uh I, I, the deer was probably not even a hundred yards away and I elevated three feet over its back 
when I shot the first shot because I was like, oh, man. <laughs> and I just was so, so excited and, and uh, took me a second to calm down. And, and actually, my Uncle Kelly says, no, put the crosshairs on him. You shot way over the top of him. And, and uh, it, was, it was a great experience. But then the, the big bucks, the very next year, you know, I, again, I was reading those magazines. And I, one of my favorite authors back then was Walter Prothero. Uh, that, you know, I don't know if that pronunciation is right, but I, he he used to write a lot of big big buck articles, and he, he just loved mule deer as well. And he uh-huh. he wrote an article about uh, about doing like a fish hook or looping method with deer, and 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 uh, not following right on their track, but looping them. Because big bucks are they're they're cagey buggers, and they they're hunted every day by the lion and the and the predators. Uh, and those those things they they're smart and they always watch their backtrack. They're always watching it. So you know when you follow right on the track, it's it seems like when I do that I, I hardly ever see the deer. But if I if yeah. I start looping them and I start you know making coming in at a different angle because he wants to lay where he can see that backtrack or he's going to smell it. You know either either he's going to smell when the wind crosses and send it to his nose or depending on what he, what he's doing, but. Um, he, he made, you know, gave this article about this and I was hunting, um, with, with a, a brother and a friend and we was, we was up in some a high ridge and I jumped, a, I jumped a deer and I just, I knew I, it sounded this, it was distinct, the antler banging against the tree as he, as he tried to pile out of it, you know, blow out, mm-hmm. blow out from underneath this tree. And I, I was like, that was I know that was antlers rattling against that tree. And I didn't know what it was. We'd never seen it. Uh, but I was a 17-year-old kid, and, and I, I just thought, of, I was thinking of the story that, that Walter had, had wrote, and, and I tried to follow that. I, I thought, well, the deer ran that way, and I tried to think of the lay of the land, how, what, where's, which way is he headed, what's he going to go. And so like, we sat there. My, my brother and friend and I for about 15 minutes and we just kind of sat and listened and it, you know, it was quiet. Nothing happened. We didn't pursue the deer. And I just started, I, I says, you guys walk this way and go sit on this little ridge over here. And so if, if I jump him out, you might see him down in here, but I'm going to go. And I took a different angle and, and made a big loop coming around the other way. And, and I walked right into that buck and he, he was looking no another way. direction, but, but he seen me and, and, uh, I had a 35 yard shot at him, but he was, I come from a totally different direction. And so he was, and I was just slipping quiet and it, and this was probably 30, 40 minutes after we jumped him, but he was just okay. sitting there. He had gone, he had gone about 300 yards and was watching his backtrack. He was trying to see if any, whatever jumped him was following him. And it was, it was incredible. It was a, it was just a complete adrenaline rush. I, I got him and, and, uh, you know, he was a buck that he, he barely missed 200 inches, um, big, mm. solid, deep, deep fort buck. And, and this was back in, in 85. And that, that was like the birth of it, I guess I'd say, cause then I was hooked. I was totally hooked. Oh yeah. Um, and it just, it hasn't stopped. <laughs> <laughs> that is such a cool story. So I kind of want to dive maybe a little deeper into that because I wanted to talk to you a little bit about tracking. So you uh-huh. talked about that fish, the fish hook method. 
so will you will you try to kind of like loop them too if you're just on their tracks, or is that only if you jump them? Uh, no, I, I you you try to do the the looping too as well. I mean, here's if, if you're single doing it by yourself, which that's the way I try to do it. Is is uh, uh-huh. when I'm by myself, I I try to loop. You you try to follow as in a way, but you try to loop because I just I hardly ever walk up on a deer and get a crack at it following the tracks. I, okay. I, I see, I try to get an idea of which direction he's headed. What, what I think, you know, I gotta, I gotta try to envision what is he doing? Where's he going? Is, is he feeding? Is he looking for bed? You know, depending on what time of day I think he made that track is you know part of those things I'm going to try to evaluate. You know, if he made it in the evening, you know, the night before, if I'm out there in the morning, I find an evening track from the night before. I'm thinking, okay, uh-huh. he's, he's probably heading for a feeding area or he's maybe headed for water. Um, he's headed for open country. But if I catch an early morning track, I'm thinking, okay, he's trying to get back to his bed. Um, and you just got to kind of weigh that out and try to make the best, you know, educated guess you can at what he's doing and then try to judge it off the lay of the land. And But I, I, it's always better to make loops. You know, it, it's kind of frustrating. You know, you're, you're guessing. You kind of have to rely on your skills that, uh, you know, you see him going away and, and you make a big loop and you come back in. you got to find his track again. But that gives you a, a better angle at seeing where that deer, because he's usually, I mean, I, they're all, almost always watching their backtrack. And they'll catch you. Yeah. And they'll catch you before you ever see them because they're, they've made this loop and they're, they're back. And they're, they're actually, it's like, it's like trying to, trying to read a stop sign after you've passed it. You know, you're not, you can't see there and you're not looking there. You're looking ahead of you and he's looking at your back of you. And mm-hmm. so, you know, he slips out unbeknownst to you, you, you come up on an empty bed and, and uh, usually the first few tracks of the, is the deer kind of slipping away and he gets, you know, gets a hundred yards away and now all of a sudden he's bounding and, and now he's, now he's dusted you. Um, oh, okay. So, that's that's what I found over the years is has been more effective for me if you're hunting by yourself. If you got some people you're hunting with, um, depending on who the shooter is, they need to be somebody that's paralleling you and get on a little if you can find elevation and have somebody actually following the track and the other person that's uh-huh. shooting is gonna be paralleling at a different place just so they can get a view. You know, it's uh, oh, it's it's yeah. hard hard to see them. They like to lay they like to lay with some cover at the time. Um, so they can jump out and, and if you got a little elevation, you know, that person can get his crack at them. That makes a lot of sense. So, so when you find a, a track by yourself, you're finding the track, doing a, a loop to try to get better angles. And then when you kind of finish that loop, you'll try to get back on the track again, loop again, and just continue to yep. do that until you meet back up. Okay. Yeah, what, exactly. What other- Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, you you were right on it, and you might you might not do the loop on the same side every time, depending on what uh-huh. side the wind is or where the canyon is. You might cross over his track and loop the other side one time, and you know the ridge might appear on that side, and get, you get up on it, and and you know there's you, you just have to you just have to read it and try to make good choices which with which way to go and put yourself in the right spot. But it's a it's a low success rate tracking deer like that um but when it happens it's pretty usually pretty exciting yeah 
Well, so what other like uh, tips maybe do you have for someone trying to learn tracking or like it? Like that, that's some pretty good information you just shared right there. But do you have any other maybe things you look for or do? Well, um, deer tracks are are something you got to read. You got to be able to look at them and say. Um, decide what you're what you're tracking you know and it takes some experience out there not a ton but you know you get out and you start looking at deer tracks and you start figuring out what is a big buck and and i i would just say anything that that goes over the the three and a quarter inches basically is a mature buck on on length width you know Uh sometimes they'll be they'll be right about that three inches too on width just heavy big thick back back ends of their track you know now you're talking mature big bucks um and but you know i've seen i've seen up to four inch long tracks and and only a few of those but those are few and far between but that's uh i've never caught up to one of those guys that that big but um there are just not many of them but three three and a half inch three and three quarters you know that that's what you gotta you're looking for and and you know the wider the the track is you know his feet you know that shows that he's a, got a big mature uh, chest and and th- those are some yeah. things you want to look for. Huh? That's that's this is some really good information. I'm glad I'm talking to you about this. So I've kind of heard I guess maybe I don't know if it's a myth, but a lot of people say like when you see the dew claw, does that mean anything? Um, I I don't I don't bank anything on a dew claw. I I believe the dew claw is more something you see when you're hunting soft dirt. Um, uh-huh. If you're if you're hunting harder dirt, you hardly ever see that dew claw. And so I okay. I base nothing off a of dew claw uh, myself. Yeah. I mean I could be wrong. I don't know everything, but I've just never based anything off of it. It hasn't yeah. hasn't uh, made me any more effective to look at dew claws. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've I've personally never noticed any difference with that. I've just heard people talk about it. I've never been able to <laughs> really do much with it though. So uh-huh. I was just curious if you did. But yeah, that's that's some good information. So maybe to kind of uh, do you have like a, a good buck story about tracking that you'd be willing to tell? Uh yeah, I've got I've got one that. Uh... Uh, this was about six years ago. Um, it's 2015 season, I believe. That uh, I had a buck I'd I'd been uh, keeping tabs on for this was I think the third year, and I I ended up calling this dear Laurel. Um, him and his him and a partner of his they ran together a lot, and I called them Laurel and Hardy. Cause I hardly uh-huh. ever seen them. I, I hardly ever seen these bucks uh, apart until 2015, and I think. Maybe they got in a brawl. Maybe they decided they liked the same girl and and uh, same <laughs> doe, and 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 it split them apart because I never seen them again after that. After after actually 2014, uh, they were always just separated. But so he was he was running by himself and and um, trying to think. It was a it was a early morning. I I was uh, hiking down through an area and I cut his track. And I had seen him, saw him probably about, it was about three weeks previous to that. It was two weeks before the hunt started, and I think that was about the first week in the hunt. Um, and, Is this and a I, rifle hunt? Or? 
this is archery 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 hunt and i and i and i I cut his track and i was like i was like whoa that's that's fresh he came through here and i knew okay from the from where i seen the track and what direction it was headed i was like he's headed down so that was last evening's track and he was headed down into this canyon where he could get water and and feed and 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 that and and he was limping uh when i seen him three weeks previous he was limping pretty bad and so i thought well you know, with him limping as bad as he was a few weeks ago, and it kind of looked like he had something going on with his track there. I was like, he's the, uh, I'm, I'm hoping I might catch him down in that canyon. So I trailed him for a while, and he, he went down the, the hog's back of this ridge of this canyon a ways, and then, then dropped in. And in that tracking, I was, um, a lion jumped onto the track and was following him too. Um, Nuh-uh. So I thought, oh, man. Really? And I was like, and, and it, well, it turns out in the in the end, I believe this lion had had tried to get him, and that's why he was limping the, a few weeks before. It looked like he was trying wow. to evade the lion, and he had some scratches on his neck, and and like he just busted loose from it, and I think he he hurt his leg real bad. Uh, maybe what? fell down when the lion jumped him, but he got away. Yeah. And um, that's crazy. So, so I I decided i said where he went down in this canyon i was like ah, if i go down there it's you know I'm, i think it's too thick i'm probably not going to find anything i need to i need to glass him up and so i kept working the ridges and just glassing everywhere i could and looking for him and, and i found him about three quarters of a mile away bedded and uh, that was just by sheer luck i mean i've done that a lot of times looking and you just you know i you never know i i could have been looking all day and never turn him up and i've had plenty of days like that so you just never know. Yeah. You just you just you just don't give up. I think you just got to keep looking, you know. And that's what that's what hunting is about. It's persistence. But I yeah. turned him up, and and he was bedded, and I watched him, and and uh, I think it was about eleven o'clock when we finally turned him up. Um, but it was about four o'clock, I think, when I finally was able to make the shot at him. I was able to sneak in above him. Started about one o'clock, and made sure the wind, the thermals are good, and I got into um the sh- the distance was 53 yards but it was like shoot 30 because it was he was down a, down a steep hill from me and he stepped uh-huh. out and started feeding on a, feeding on a bush and gave me an opportunity and and it was uh, it all happened it was it was pretty he went down in about 40 yards so jeez that is cool that's a great that's a cool story that's crazy so when you got up to him and stuff he had scratches from the lion. Yeah, he's got scratches. You can see in his cape, he's got some scratches and, and that. And, then, and when I got to him, the, the damaged leg, I actually believe that he, the, the, when I shot him, he went down a steep hill just busting it. I mean, it was the death run. And I yeah. believe he actually busted his leg that was injured. I think it was probably near, near broke from before, and he broke it as he was as he was running down that hill and that just put him to the dirt. Um, yeah. And cause he, he lived, you know, like he lived for probably about a minute and a half after he hit the dirt. Um, oh, and man. you know, then that was, but, but I, I believe that accident, uh, that he had with the lion or the encounter, uh, damaged that leg and then he shattered it in the, in the final death run. Jeez. So how big was this deer? 
Uh, he's 30, 31 and a half and uh, a 190 type buck, 190. And- wow. That's, that's cool. That's cool. So one thing I kind of like picked up is your, your persistence on that buck. I mean, you said you, you saw him, what did you say, three weeks before? Yeah, it was three weeks before I seen him that year that he, that he was limping. I'd been following him for yeah. about three years. I had uh, pictures yeah. of him and had glassed him a few times and and uh, got some video of him and, and at different times. But hadn't hadn't decided to ever hunt him until that year. That was that was the first year I decided. Well, he's he's definitely stepped up that notch and is is uh, worthy to be chased. Yeah, that's crazy. So you. You're chasing a lot of these deer, I notice. Like, you're chasing them three, four, even four years, some of them. Like, that that just kind of shows your dedication, and you're letting some great bucks go so that in the next years they can be even better bucks. So I think that's, I think that's really cool. So uh, I think that's, that's uh, one of the keys to to be able to hunt big deer is, is you've got to be able to let little ones go. You, you can't, you can't consistently hunt big deer if you, if you shoot them when they're young. Yeah. Well, you say little ones, but you're still letting like 170, even 180 inch bucks go in hopes that in, in the coming years, they'll be better. So <laughs> I, I think that kind of, I think like you said, that's how you get these next level deer. Oh, it's, so um it it go ahead. Doing, oh, oh no go ahead you you go i want to hear what i i was just gonna say i i've been uh i've been called i guess flat out crazy and dumb a few times because i've i i have made that decision you know i've decided this is this is my buck this is my target deer and i've i've let some some 200 inch deer walk in front of me or Nah. I had one. I, I I passed up a thirty-five inch buck once, width-wise, to shoot another buck. But you know the other buck just had more, more stuff to him. It was more, and <laughs> so those kind of things. You know, you take it. You really take a, uh, a, go out on a limb and and gamble when you do that. Yeah. It's like, oh man, the wind the wind can cheat you that fast. But I've had some big bucks walk past me as I'm. You know, they've been in a group, and one goes past me. That it's like I know my target buck. It seems like he's always the last buck uh, when they're working out, and the other bucks pass you. And it's like, oh man, what am I doing? But <laughs> wait. that's crazy. But that's—I mean—that's that's how you do it. That's how you've had such a crazy track record. And you're doing this on general season units, right? Yeah, I've. Uh, that's what I generally hunt. I've only had, I have had two, two draw tags in my life, and I only put in for one of them. The other one was uh, come through a dedicated hunter program, but and I. Oh yeah, yeah, I, I remember I, when they were. But yeah, all all the stuff I've, all my big stuff has really been taken off of general seasons, general season areas. Jeez, so another thing I kind of wanted to talk to you about is um is scouting and maybe particular like summer scouting for like upcoming 
archery seasons because we're kind of in that mode right now. You've talked about kind of following deer from year to year. I I just kind of wanted to know like how like what do you do for your scouting? Are you trying to find last year's bucks as well as trying to find new bucks? Uh yeah. Oh, I'm always looking for. I mean, it is. I I think it's one of the highlights of hunting and scouting is is seeing a buck that you have have a you know in you know, relations with basically is what I'm saying is you see it and yeah. you recognize it and say holy moly there's there's mold you know and and it's just like oh man he made it through the year and you you look mm-hmm. at him and and that that to me is like one of those that is just a highlight is is finding and relocating the buck that you've hunted every you know several years or, or maybe you've just seen him one year and you've seen the next year and and so we're always looking for for bucks like that I I I I have in my phone I have a hit list and I I use either trail camera pictures or actual photos that I've taken or video and I just yeah you know, I have a a folder in my photos that I have listed bucks and. And uh-huh. I'm I'm trying I'm trying every year to put thirty to fifty bucks in that list that's, that are current that year, so that I know these bucks are here, you know, and and right. and then I have I always have it seems like, you know, several of them that I haven't relocated yet, but I saw them last year, and I just have high hopes that oh we're going to turn him up because I know I you can spend a lot of time hunting and glassing and that and never see a buck, and then all of a sudden, boom, there he is. And um, yeah. you, you, you could add up the days and say, oh, I've spent 20 days looking, and then, and then now I find him. So I don't give up on him until it's usually two to three to four years afterwards because I've, I've turned up those deer two or three years later. Like, wow, there he is. He's, he's still alive. I wonder what he did for for the last <laughs> two years or how he, how he eluded us. But scouting is... is um, it's key, you know, and you got to be able to take the information that you gather scouting and, and, um, and make it, uh, make a great, a game plan out of it. Um, uh-huh. cause you can scout, you, you know, a lot of guys go out and scout, but you gotta, you gotta be able to put it into a game plan that's workable and you gotta be able to say, you know, this buck is huntable. This one isn't, um, you know, and you, you definitely come up with your tops, you know, this is, this is my favorite buck. This is, you know, one through five or whatever, you know, your, your top ones, because, you know, if you scout a lot of areas, yeah. you can't, you can't be in more than one place at a time. So you got to decide where you're going to focus your efforts and, and that. But. So what do you, what do you do? Like, I have a couple questions from that. So the first uh-huh. one is um, like, so let's say you have three or four just top end bucks that you'd be willing to kill. Yeah. Um, are you focusing in on just one buck and being like, okay, until I know this buck is dead or then I'm just going to hunt this buck or since there's three like top end bucks that you, you'd put your tag on, are you maybe like, okay, I'm, I'm sick of hunting this one after five or six days, I'm going to go to this one. Or is it just like one buck? Uh, that's, that, that's an individual per year question i think you know mm-hmm. the answer to that that's a really good question but i i definitely think you have to take that and weigh it out year by year because so like i look at it i mean i might have i might have one year that i was like this buck is a slammer i mean he's a hammer of a deer 
and I, it's all or nothing, you know, and maybe there's nothing yeah. that I even find that's, that's really close to him. And I was like, I'm going to devote every second I got to chasing this buck or, you know, right. I might have three that are, that are really close, you know, and one of them, one of them isn't that much greater than the other. And, and so I'd say, you know, I'd be happy with this buck or any one of them. So I've, I've done both. I've had years that I've said it's this guy or nothing, or I've said, well, I, it could be any one of these three or four bucks. Um, oh. that, you know, on my, so that's, that's going to have yeah. to weigh it out by, by what you see each year. Right. That makes sense. And then the second question I had is like, because sometimes like I've found a really big buck, for example, but like, uh-huh. You just kind of know he he's probably not killable. Like, he's just uh-huh. on a spot. Like, are you still trying to hunt a buck like that, or are you maybe moving somewhere else because, like, there's maybe, like, less than a half a percent that you'll ever even see the buck, let alone kill him? Oh, that's a real toughie. Um, it just it really depends on... Again, I guess each year specifically what, what I have that I'm looking at, what the buck's like yeah. and the country he lives in. I have, I've devoted, I've had times where I've said, you know, um, I'm putting everything into this one buck. And I, uh-huh. I've done that. I've done that before. And I've, I've ate, I've had tag soup at the end of the year, which doesn't taste very good. Um, <laughs> yeah. but it's, but it's, uh, it's how you, you grow, I think, in, in hunting, you know, and you, when you get to the point where you pass deer up or, or focus on something, you learn a lot. There's, there's always something you take away, uh, whether you, whether you harvest yeah. the deer or not, there's always takeaways. And you might learn that you might learn and, and that I can't, I can't get him this way. And, and that's, you just narrow, you start chalking off. Okay, well, he's beat me here. He's beat me here. He beat me here. And so you, you have to change a strategy. And, and I, I did that on one particular deer. I, I hunted that deer hard for, for three years, really. And uh-huh. finally the third year I got him and, and it was, you know, I, I changed my strategy. I, I, I decided I couldn't even walk into his area because he, he had been with another deer when I killed another buck. And so what I, what I think happens is in that situation is he might roam back into the area to say, Hey, you know, so-and-so I say, Billy, you know, I'm just going to be using an example. Like he's thinking of his buddy, Billy, Billy didn't show up. I don't know what happened to him. We, we blew out of there at this time. And, and so he comes back looking for him. Well, he uh-huh. comes back and finds a gut pile and smells my scent. And so oh, now yeah. he, he recognizes me just like he does the mountain lion. When he smells my scent, he's like, That's, that thing's a killer. So right. I, anytime I smell that, I am going to go on high alert and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change my area. Just like you know, the, the, some of the things you gamble with when you're hunting, you, you don't know, you, you might see a deer and he's in there all the time and all of a sudden he's gone and you say, God, we didn't even go into there, but maybe a lion jumped him out, you know, and he, he might move out for a, for a week or two with that kind of pressure. And, and so hunting is, yeah. is about days, you know, it's, it's usually about how many days you can put in because if you don't have any days to hunt, 
you're not going to catch up to many bucks. Um, they're just, you know, it's a, it's a game of, of numbers. The more, the more opportunity and time you can put in, the, the greater your opportunity of getting a chance of seeing him and, and making an actual uh, effort to, to, um, to put him on your wall, so to speak. Right. No, that, that this is some really good advice. Um, so I'm just curious, like, so that buck you're talking about, you said you, you finally changed something like what, what did you do differently? I guess I'm just too curious to hear the story. Well, the, um, the main thing I did is, is I, I did not ever enter his area that year. Uh-huh. I had blown, I had blown him out. I actually, the, the two years previous, I had shot at him twice and I had, I'd been up above him on a stock and, and I, and I, I was, I was counting my chickens before they hatched. I, the, the one day I was, I was 25 yards above him. Uh, I shouldn't have been that close, but I had to be that close so I could have the angle because uh, he was under yeah. a rock type thing. And I just said I had to be close. So he's under a ledge. And, and uh, if I had been further back, I could have never even seen him leave. And he, the wind swirled somehow. And, I, you know, it felt like it was good to me all day, but the wind swirled. And I had a brother that was, that was off in the distance, uh, glassing him, and he he gave me the signal that the buck was standing up, and the buck oh, okay. stood up, and he he stood for for about ten or fifteen, somewhere between ten or fifteen minutes, and then he slowly snuck out and he used every tree he could and 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 stuff to to get away from me, and he finally popped out at ninety five yards, and oh, okay, and I. I ranged it and everything, and I, I made the shot, and you know I was just like, I thought it had, I, I thought I would have had him that day at 25 or 30 yards, but he did uh-huh. that sneaking, and, and, and he, as I released my arrow, he took off running, and my arrow, it looked oh. to me like if he wouldn't have moved, it would have, it would have got him, but it went right behind his butt as he, as he, as he took off trotting, and, yeah. uh, and that was the, the first experience with him, so he. He had also, I say, he had been with another buck that I'd shot. And so right. he already had that scent. And he knew he was, he was in a bad spot, I think. And yeah, he knew he was so, so two years later, I just stay out of the area. I, I was glassing him from a long ways away. And I was getting lucky because I, I, the year before, I didn't even find him until the last day of the bow hunt. As I was looking and looking and looking, I relocated him five miles away from where he was previously at. He had actually relocated, completely moved away uh, to a different re- location. And I was, I'd just been ex- trying to expand my search because I thought, this deer, he's got to be here. And, and I found him. Yeah. And so, so that's what I, I did. I just stayed out of it. Um, that third year, because the second year I tried going in there and I, and I jumped him and I never seen him again. The whole rest of the fall, we hunted him, we hunted him religiously for all through the hunts, the end of the archery, the muzzle road, the rifle, and never seen him anywhere. But we kept really? going in and in and out of there and he just moved out. And, uh-huh. and so I decided I can't, I can't go in. I can't even try to go in there. I tried setting trail cameras there before and he never, I'd never get a picture of him. As soon as he'd smell my tra- my track walking in, he he'd move out um, and stay away from that location. So that's how I ended up getting him. I spotted him. Um, I I was patterning him, and I, he was using a, an area, 
and I glassed him up early in the morning and and uh, spent the whole day. And you want to talk about boring days? You know, we <laughs> saw him at just after light, 15 minutes after light. I spotted him and I killed him 15 minutes before dark that night. And we wow. spent one hot one hot day out there in the sun, um, trying to to uh, position ourselves so that we're ready when when he came out and I, and just, you know, 15 minutes before I, that was probably 25 minutes before I killed him. I moved down into position that the thermals started moving. I moved down uh-huh. in and, and 25 minutes later, he walks past me. Jeez. So, was that an archery hunt? That was archery. Yeah. Jeez. How big was he? Uh, he grows to two fourteen and seven eighths. Um, wow. And he's, he sits, he sits right now. I actually, I just got back from Reno to the Pope and Young convention and, and, uh, he was awarded the, uh, the third, um, place buck out of, uh, of this reporting period. And he sits as number 11 all time. <laughs> what, what year did you kill him? That was 12. 12. Wow. That's incredible. But they, so, they just started. They just started this summer. Um, they started accepting velvet antlered bucks as all time, and they oh, they were okay. they were recording them before. But this is the first year they've started accepting them for for the all time record book. Gee, that's that's quite a feat. That's incredible. So I guess you pr- you probably get this question a lot, and I think like talking with you, I can kind of understand how you do it, but like. Like, how are you so consistent? Like, do you have any, do you think there's like attributed to any certain one thing or is it just a little bit of everything? Uh, a lot of, a lot of things that I would, I would say this, this is what I think um, is my number one thing out of, out of everything I do. And that is, um, and I might get a little, a little, uh, um, emotional, I guess, on this is uh, maybe not, but I I believe that everything that we have on this earth is given to us by God, and mm-hmm. I have felt strong over my life, and I've taught by a, a great father and a mother to respect God, and 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 I believe uh, I believe a scripture that is that is given uh it's in the it's in the doctrine of covenants 59 uh 16 through 24 but it says if i obey the sabbath and keep the sabbath holy and and uh, put off the thing my things and do god's things on the sabbath that i will have dominion over the beasts of the field and the fowls of the earth and and all things on the earth are given uh, for my use and 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 whether for, for food or raiment or, or even my just joy. Um, mm-hmm. And I believe that's our number one thing is, is uh, I don't believe in hunting on Sunday. I think Sunday is a holy day, and, and that takes a, one day of our weekend every, every weekend that we don't, we don't get a hunt according to the, to the way the world does it. But um, yeah. I, believe I believe we're blessed. We're truly blessed. For that and you know besides that I mean, there's there's a lot of other things that, that, that go into it um, 
another another thing I learned from my my father and my mother is is uh, pray hard. Like it all depends upon God, and then get up and work as it all if it all depends upon you, and and you'll be blessed. And I I feel tremendously blessed for what I've been able to to experience in the hills, uh, not just in my own behalf, but all of my family and my friends. We we've, we've had a wonderful time, and the hills are the hills are not all just about uh, hunting and slaying big bucks. They're Yeah. So much more ha- so much more happens out there in the in the hills when I'm sitting there on a on a hillside talking with one of my sons or my wife or my daughter. Um, yeah, and we talk. And that's, uh, we talk about life. Right. That's that's one thing I really admire about you too. Is uh, you take it. It's kind of a family thing with you guys, and um, but it seems like you haven't even slowed down. Like you're your boys and even your girls have been really successful too. And it looks like you guys are having a, a fun time doing it. And that, that's something I, I look up to you about a lot. I want, I want to make it so my boys are out there hunting with me and, and enjoy it. Is there something you've, you've kind of done to make, make it so your family likes it and will go out with you? Well, that that is a, a really good question. Yeah, I have done some things there. I I uh, I've tried when my kids are especially young. I've tried to be very careful on what days I take them because mm-hmm. uh, a day can be absolutely boring, or it can be freezing cold, or you know, or, or things that things that turn kids off, or you know, those things that some of those days. But I don't, you know, I don't want to miss them all those days. Because those are those are things that, that create character is, is is when they have to tough it out sometimes, but especially when they're really young, yeah. you, you got to be careful. But when they start getting old enough, that they can handle it. You know, you you want to you want to work them, but uh, and you got to give them opportunity. You know, I've I've been lucky. I've been like I say, I, I shouldn't say so much lucky, but like I was saying before, blessed. And I've mm-hmm. I've been able to harvest some some great animals that out there and just make some great memories. And so, and I, and I've also said, okay, you know, this year, you know, depending on who draws a tag, uh, we're going to hunt and, and put you first, you know, um, you know, there's been years that I haven't shot anything because I've tried to, I've passed up deer or I, my whole effort has been, I'm going to help my son this year or my daughter. And that's our focus is to help them be successful. And yeah, yeah, there's, there's, there's definite years. I, I say uh, that I, I didn't even hunt it at all for myself. Uh, times I had a tag, but I didn't even carry a bow with me. Um, cause it was all about someone else. And I think that's, that's probably a key to, to use is, is making them, um, important and putting them saying, call it that isn't that a big buck you want to shoot. And I was like, you know, I, I've had a lot of opportunities. Yeah, he's a great big buck, and he's he might even be bigger than a bunch of them that I've shot. But it's your turn, and, and you're going to go after this deer. Um, and that's we, we've between my own kids and some of my nephews and nieces. Um, oh, we've we've had a lot of fun. Yeah, well, I, I was just I was scrolling through your Instagram last night because I knew we were going to do this podcast, and 
I knew you ha- you'd help uh, some kids kill some big bucks, but I didn't realize how many. Like, it seemed like almost all of your kids had killed a really big buck, and then um, I think it maybe your niece and nephew uh, it also also killed big bucks. I don't know if it was them for sure, but it's it's pretty impressive, and I think uh, I think that's that's kind of what gets kids hooked is when they're when they get some opportunity and some opportunity even at some solid bucks, that's pretty cool. It is. It's uh, it's those are those are life changing experiences for kids to to get out there and to be one on one with these animals and and we try to hunt in a manner that we're we're not doing a lot of jump jump shoot hunting type stuff. We 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 track in that, but we usually try to track to a point where we can glass something. Um, oh, okay. Because if I can if I can glass it, we can be so much more effective on on killing it if we know right where it sits, and then then we can work a work a plan in that. Uh, so we we are always hunting tracks, but um, working the plan where you can get to you can see something, and then that that makes it an opportunity where you can sneak with a kid or you know a, a, a one of your sons or daughters or youth and and uh, help them set up and get a good rest and. Um, you know, if they're gun hunting or muzzleload or, you know, we haven't taken as many big bucks with the bow with the kids. We, we've got a few big bucks that way, but that's, that's a lot harder. And, and my, my older son will, will tell you that, uh, he had some <laughs> really good opportunities at some big bucks of bow hunting and, and he, he, um, he learned it awful fast. He's like, he thought he watched me do it a few times and he's like, Oh, that's easy. <laughs> um, I can do that. And after he had missed about four big bucks, he's like finally kind of come around. He's like, Dad, this is really hard. You get that close to these deer, and your heart's pounding, and so I feel like it's gonna come out of your chest, and you can't think straight. And and I was like, Yeah, you were sitting from 400 yards away watching when I was doing it, but it's a lot different when you're 30 yards from that guy, and and, and <laughs> you think he can hear your heart beating. And you're yeah. wound up and jacked up, and you know I, I like the old saying, "He's all jacked up on Mountain Dew," and that's what I feel like <laughs> when that when that uh, when it's right there at the crunch time. You're you're in there, and you, you know you, I've been close to these animals for for hours. You know, I think the longest I've sat is nearly seven hours on a deer, and Jeez. and you know that just wears on you because it's just it's intense. You don't know when he's going to stand up, when he's going to smell you. And, but it's, but it's worth every bit of it to sit and wait and be patient because let the deer make the mistake. I, I don't like trying to throw rocks or make whistles or anything like that. I like to let the deer do, do his stuff. And then he's unaware when he stands up, he usually doesn't know what's going on that, that he's about to take an arrow. Yeah. But it's, but your it's oldest son, fun. he did kill uh, a really good archery buck, right? Right before he he did is uh, that was just before he left on his mission. He um, and that was that was that was a one of those. It's a great experience because uh, it was 2014. He was hunting. We had a muzzleloader tag for him, uh-huh. and w- when we we had seen the same deer that he killed in 2017 was running with another buck. But the other buck is what I call, I'm calling an old man buck. Um, okay. The buck, the buck was probably 10 years old, dwindling Jeez. antlers, heavy, heavy bases. And, and I was like, we need to shoot that guy. And we, we called him Ramon. I said, we need to shoot uh-huh. Ramon 
and, and let Joey go because Joey is an up-and-comer that could just blow up. You know, he's a young three-year-old deer, I think, and, and he's 26 inches wide and a good set of frame. He's probably, probably in the 170s right now. And he's got a cheater, and, and I was like, you know, one or two years, he could blow up to something. And all my kids, yeah. smart, you know, he's smart enough to listen and, 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 and do that because he could have shot either one of them. And he took the old man buck and we killed, he killed that old man buck. And, and to me, it was like, it was, it was such a, a cool turnaround to come full circle. You know, it was 2014 and 2017 comes about and he's missed a bunch of big bucks in between on those years of hunting archery. And, uh-huh. and here he gets this crack at this buck and we spot him. And I was like, I was like, we got Joey, we got him. And we got him bedded here and you know, we watched him work up and bed down. And it's like, Oh man, it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be a tough location because where he bedded it was like really tough. It was tough yeah. to get into a. It was really really rocky stuff, and I was like, that's hard to stay quiet in. And it was gonna be tough to get in close enough to make a good ad- adequate shot. And and Brigham's always, I should say, before that, he really struggled with with making that final shot, and especially at distance. Well, uh-huh. he sets up, and the closest he can get is sixty yards. Uh, there's just no possible way we'd, we'd actually stalked the deer in near this location before. And, and we tried going to 45 one time and it's like, Oh my, we blew the deer out. And, and it was just too noisy, too dry, too, too, uh, too tough of a spot. And you, you know, that was, you know, hunting in our socks, you know, we'd take our shoes off and, and you're trying to be as quiet as you can, but it's just tough. So he gets the 60 yeah. yards on that buck and sits on him for three hours and the buck finally stands up, and we're we're hoping the angle he got and everything we got, we thought if he gets up, hopefully he'll turn and cut back toward you, and you'll have a forty-five yard shot. But no, the deer does the opposite. He he turns and goes the other direction, and now he's <laughs> Brigham had ranged the rock, and it said seventy yards. Well, you know, he was looking at it, and he and he looked like the deer was sitting at seventy yards, but he's really about seventy-five because he didn't get a chance to oh, range okay. him again. He just went by that rock and he, and he shot for 70 and he went right under the buck's chest and the buck, oh. this, this is to me, I, I was sitting about 500 yards away watching all this go down and yeah. it was, he did something to me. It was like, wow, that was a, that was a professional move because I have been busted in the same thing. I've made a shot and it wasn't good. And I hurriedly tried to put another arrow in my bow. And that movement, the buck caught on to me and seen the movement and then is like, oh, no, now I'm really busted. Because most yeah. of the time they don't, know what, they don't know you're there. But he had the, the, the whereabouts about him to stand there and the buck was looking his direction and he, didn't, he just froze and he didn't move. And then the buck finally turned his head the other direction and he was able to pull an arrow out of the quiver, load it. And then he ranged him the second time. Now he's now the buck stand ninety yards, facing away from uh-huh. him. And it was like, well, he's gonna, you know, my bow, my he was actually shooting my bow that year, and he and he uh, dialed it. I've got that uh, black gold sight, and he dialed it to ninety, and, yeah. and made a fantastic shot. Just stuck it right down through his back and took his femoral artery out. Um, that buck went about one hundred and fifty yards. Um, but it was, that was a cool story. That was, that was a cool, uh, an awesome hunt. It was one of my most memorable. 
That that is pretty cool, especially to watch your boy after kind of struggling for a few years make it happen, and then to have it be that buck too. How cool yeah, that was that, the thing that. where it came full circle. It was so 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 cool because he passed that deer, and he really wanted that deer in fourteen because he had that cool cheater on him that year, and it was like he yeah. he was like ah oh, you know, but I'm gonna listen to you, Dad, and it paid off. Amen. You know, he killed it. 200-inch, 33-and-a-half-inch wide deer, and it was just like, wow. Gosh, that's so cool. So a couple questions I wanted to ask kind of about that. I mean, he he hunted hard, but, like, it, it's got to be, like, devastating when you're in on a big buck and miss it and stuff. Like, what do you do, like, to kind of keep you motivated when the chips are down or, like, or even if it's maybe when you're not finding your target buck or – when something happens, like, are, like, what do you do to keep motivated? Oh, that's oh, a good question. I, I guess I have several things that I think I, that I'd like to, that I do there or think about is, you know, I, 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 first off is, is I, one of the main things I always think when we're hunting is I, I think we only need one. All we need is one. Yeah. You know, so, so we don't have to see 50 deer or a hundred deer or even, even six deer. All we need is one. And, and if we can find one of our big bucks, you know, that's, that's a lot easier finding one than it is to find 10 of them. And, right. and so that's, that's something. I mean, the chips, the chips can be down. You can, you can go days, days without seeing a deer. And, and we've, we've done that. And, and it's just like, it's a matter of time. You know, experience is the other side. is is a It's a matter of time. If you put the time in and you put it in the right places, and you're you're working hard and you're spending the time behind the glass or or on the on the the their, their feet, you know, tracking and covering country and looking for that stuff. You'll relocate deer and find them. And you know, once you find their track, you might you know, now say, okay, now I'm going to find a place to glass because he's gonna he's gonna move. You know, he's gonna get mm-hmm. up and move a few times or. Or, or maybe you start off glassing, but it's it's just a matter of time, and I think that's uh, we just you know I've just basically have I've proved that to myself over the years that don't give up. It, it, it might be the last day and the last hour that we we make it happen, but it, and then even if it doesn't happen, like I said earlier, I think is is. You, you, there's always takeaways. Every yeah. time there's always takeaways and things that we learn. And, and, and I shouldn't say just that we learn, but my biggest, biggest thing is the, the time we get to spend together. And those are, those are moments that you'll never get back. Once that time is gone, it never comes back. It's gone forever. And, you know, I'm, I got to spend a whole season hunting with my, my, one of my children. And, and that's, that's priceless. So yeah. there's there's <laughs> never never a, a, a reason to get down. Right. So and then uh, this is kind of jumping around, but what, I really want to hear uh, the story of your 2019 buck. Do you have? Do you mind telling that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, 2019, uh, we came into it again like every, you know, every year. We're scouting and and. Uh, looking for bucks we'd seen in the past and, and we had turned up a few good bucks uh had a had a number of, of them but i we just hadn't located any 
any actually I shouldn't say we had one buck that was like a, a really good smoker buck. But in twenty nineteen I had my son Zeb was uh he was really wanting to kill a big deer. And then I had another friend that um that had an archery tag too that he wanted to kill a big deer and, and neither one of them well, I should say Zeb Zeb killed a uh, he did kill a big buck, nearly thirty inch deer when he was when he was twelve. Or no, no, he was he was uh I think he was thirteen. Um his second year he killed a, a, a big deer and caught the cover of a magazine. Uh-huh. But uh Oh I think but I he he, he wanted to kill another right? one. And yeah. he wanted to kill a better one. And so I was I said, Okay, I was planning on really not even I, I said, I'm not gonna hunt uh, for myself this year. And that was my, my initial plan. I said, we're going <laughs> to, we're going to help you two get these bucks. And, and so we, uh, we was getting down to the wire. It was actually this, this, this uh, I think it was a Friday evening, the week before the hunt started. And I, I was out uh, scouting and I was glassing and, and five minutes you know, before dark, before I couldn't, I was about to put my binoculars away because I just could not see five minutes before dark. I'm, I, I had moved and was looking in, in an area that I, I hadn't looked at for several years. And because yeah. we, we just kept moving, you know, jumping from trying to check this area, this area. And, you know, just, just, I just go through a lot of areas looking to try to find what you, what you're looking for. And I, five minutes before dark, this, this buck pops out. And I, I get a look at him at probably a mile and a half away in the low, low light. And I, and I was like, wow. I was like that from the back end, he was walking away from me. Uh, and I was like, oh my God, that, that is a hammer. That is a big deer. Yeah. Um, and so that's that right there, man, my flame just got going. I was like, and oh, oh, I was so excited. And I was like, Zeb, you got first crack at this dude, if we can find it. So. <laughs> But Zeb, Zeb is, uh, here's the, here's the thing that uh, you got to do is to kill those big bucks, you got to pass the smaller ones. Yeah. Um, and so we go into the, to the first day of the hunt and we hadn't seen him again. And we get in the first day of the hunt and we're glassing, looking for him. And we turn up another pretty good deer. And, and I was really, I was like, wow, that's a really good buck. But I just don't think that's the same buck that I seen a week ago. Uh-huh. I was like, I can't believe we're seeing this good of a buck again, but I don't think it's the same buck. And I was like, I don't think for a second it is. I think there's a, this other buck is still out here somewhere. And like, now we've got another buck that now this buck's probably 190 something. Um, and I was like, Oh man. The buck you see right so, now is like a 190. Yeah. The, the one we can see the opening day. Yeah. And, and that's the only buck we've seen that day, uh-huh. uh, that morning, that morning, I should say. So I send, uh, I send Zeb and my friend down to, to hunt this buck and I'm, I'm glassing from up on the ridge and, and going to give them information, you know, and that, and, and get them in on him as best I can. And, and I, I shouldn't have done that. That was a mistake. And I knew it was a mistake uh, when I sent two guys, both with tags with bows because it, it hardly ever ends. Well, somebody gets anxious, somebody, tries to get ahead a little bit, just a little of advantage in that. And it's like, you got to say, okay, maybe you put one guy on an exit and say, yeah. you, you sit here and one guy's going to make the stock. And if he blows it, hopefully you might get a shot, but they, I, we sent them together. Oh, and, okay. 
we was trying to hopefully get them positioned once they got in close to to be able to be spread out and kind of be on two different sides. Yeah. But it just didn't work that way. They they were both they're both unexperienced with with stalking in that close to these big deer, and they actually got into about fifty yards of the buck. Oh no but way! They they got in that close to him and, and blew him out. Okay. And uh, I was able to keep my eyes on him and and watch him, and he went he went uh, three quarters of a mile, and then sat and watched his backtrack all the rest of the afternoon. And I was like, uh, "There's no way we're going to kill him where he's sitting." Uh, and Zeb, Zeb, so this Tom, oh, this is a long way to my my story on my buck, but oh um, no, this is interesting. I want to hear. So, <laughs> so Zeb is anxious to kill a deer, and we had another location that he we really felt good about, and we had a really good buck that he might even hit 200. Uh, oh, wow. But but so Zeb says. You know, I, I communicate back with them after they've blown this stock, and I said, I just don't think we're going to be able to put it together on this buck today. Um, I think we're going to sit and watch him, and there's a chance, but it's very slim. And Zeb says, well, I want to go to that other location. And so Zeb, Zeb and my uh, son-in-law took off to the other location, and, Zeb, and my son-in-law was going to glass for Zeb, and my son-in-law had a muzzleloader attack, so he's just helping us, helping us, and he's an eye, another eyes and spotted and that, and yeah. So, but Zeb, being a young kid, he's driving too fast, and he slid off the road. No, <laughs> this is this cost him. This cost him probably that buck, the bigger buck that that he would have had. He could have had because he would have been in location. He slid off the road and kind of it took him almost an hour and a half before somebody came along that helped pull him back up into onto the road. He got in a spot, no you know, with two with a truck, you know, it didn't have like lockers and that kind of stuff. And it just was spinning tires and he couldn't get out. And finally he got out and they, they were in two different vehicles. He was in one and my my son-in-law went in the other one. He got in a different location. So Zeb got in late and he was, he was about 200 yards from the location that he needed to be when that buck that he was trying to get there for walked past where he should have been. No, way. and and he was like he he just he was busting his butt to get there and he couldn't he couldn't make it. My son in law was watching the buck walk by, and so that was Saturday night. While I sat with my friend, my my other friend, we sat watching the other buck that we they had hunted in the morning, and it didn't turn out. Nothing, they didn't pan out. That buck uh, never moved till dark, and and he wasn't gonna wasn't gonna give us a chance. He just was watching his back back backtracking too open the country, and we couldn't we couldn't approach him. The yeah. wind was the wind was in his favor, so we just sat and watched. And so, then it was Thursday the next week. On a, the the Thursday evening, we, we had some some good action come to place come to play. I got on a different location, and all it could well I, let me back up. Monday night, yeah. Zeb says I'm going back to the trail that that other buck should have been on, uh, that that he should have been on when the big buck came past it. So he goes. Uh-huh. He goes to that trail and he and this is what he tells me. He says, "Dad, I'm I'm doing this by myself. I don't even want you there because he's got a guy in our in our uh, church that that harasses him all the time. You only kill big deer because your dad takes him to you and and shows you how to do it and actually almost shoots him for you is what he always harasses him. So, so yeah. Zeb was Zeb is my in, independent kid that really he says, "Dad, I don't even want you there. I don't want to offend you, but." I'm going to do this on my own. I'm hiking in there and I'm going to do everything. And the deer comes in and sure enough, he hikes in and he, and he kills a really great buck. Um, 
and he calls me up and he says, I did it, dad. And, you know, and he was so excited. So now he's killed a buck, but it, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't one of the giants. And so then uh-huh. it comes Thursday night, Thursday night, and we're out with my friend and I'm trying to help him kill his first big buck. And he gets a crack at the deer that I, that I'm, that I've spotted. I, I, I'm sitting at a distance glassing and I, I, uh, signal to him, you know, he can see me and I give him the signals and I'm given the huge, you know, buck sign, you know, my yeah. arms are clear out as far as I can make them. And it's like, you know, and I'm saying, he, you know, giving him direction, he's coming to you, you know, he's headed your direction. <laughs> I was like, he's, you know, I'm trying to say he's giant, you know? And yeah, uh, I, I, I was like, I was like, you just got to hold it together. And, and, and I wasn't holding it together. I was so excited. I was thinking, oh my heck, he's going to kill this deer. And now I've got this real good view. It's like, it's like, uh, 45 minutes before dark. And so I'm getting a really good look at this deer. And I was like, oh my heck, he's a giant. And here yeah. I'm watching my, my buddy and the deer comes up to him and, and he, he actually, he couldn't see him until just as they came up. And I, and I, I didn't have any way besides hands to communicate really. And I was like, the deer, the first deer comes up and he's a, he's a pretty good buck. And my, my friend shoots at him and, no. misses him. and then the big buck jumps out and now he's at 65 yards and Come he shoots friend. and sails, sails one right over his back. No and, way. And I was like, Oh man. I was like, Oh man. And so that was Thursday. So Saturday, my son's already tagged out. My friend can't go hunting. And so I was like, well, I'm going hunting. I know where a big buck's at. Yeah. So Wyatt and I, my son-in-law, we went out and, and sure enough, Saturday morning, first thing I glassed him up and we watched <laughs> him for a few hours and he bedded in a great spot. And I, I spent the day and I ended up getting a shot at him about five, five o'clock PM. I had to change my, my location where I had stalked in on it and I had to move four times because the wind kept, it was shifting. And I was like, oh man, and so I back out and move over 20 yards and get to another spot. And it kept just shifting back and forth on it. I was like, I'm going to, he's going to, I'm going to, I'm going to blow this. Yeah. It, it worked out. I spent, I spent uh, four hours within, within 40 yards of him. You know, backing up, I back up about fifty yards and move over and move back in. And, you know, I just I don't know how it all mm. worked out, but but he he stood up and he gave me he walked out at about forty yards and then he turned immediately and walked started walking away from me and then turned broadside uh-huh. about four about forty seven and and uh, gave me just a beautiful shot and and he ran he ran forty yards after I put my arrow through his heart and. So my, my Dude, friend, when, when, when I, when I, I called my friend after I'd got him and I says, I see Duncan's down, buddy. I'm sorry, but there's some <laughs> other bucks who we're, we're going to have to hunt. But I said, you couldn't go today. And, and, uh, so I, I hunted him. Um, so he was, he was, he was feeling pretty fortunate that he got the shot he did, but I, it would have been nice yeah. to have him get him, but. But that was uh, that was how that one went down. <laughs> how I I see, I'm looking at the picture right now on your Instagram, but like, what were his measurements and stuff? He looks so big; it's insane. He was he was 33 and three quarters wide. Um, he he grossed uh, 
213 and, and change. <laughs> um, wow. And just uh, a beautiful deer. Um, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that was that was a deer. That was the that was almost the least I'd ever hunted. I'd never seen that deer, um, and and I basically knew him for two weeks. Um, seen him and, and killed him two weeks later, and it was just you know it was it was just we got lucky, got blessed. It's like it all came together, and and I it would have been neat if my friend would have got him too. But you know either way, uh, he's had some great opportunities. And, and yeah. that's the thing you got, you got to make it happen when you, when you get a chance. And that's, that's the, that's the thing with, with the experience. Um, Dennis Winch was, uh, one that, uh, had a, had a few, uh, rules or, 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 uh, basically laws, I guess, to big buck hunting. And, and uh-huh. uh, the third one was you, you, when you found him, you had to be able to kill him. And that's, that's one of the hardest things to putting one on the ground is that third one is a lot of people hunt where they're at. A lot of people can find them, but killing them when you see them is a different, a different game. Yeah. So it it, it usually takes, it usually takes some, you know, my, my buddy that shot at him when, when he saw him, I mean, his, his heart was, he was so rattled. Um, (laughs) I bet. That's incredible. So it's, it's all great fun. (laughs) <laughs> well, I, I kept you a little longer than I said I would, but I, I, I really wanted to hear those stories. That's incredible. Just uh, real quick before I let you go, like, I was just curious, like, kind of what your season looks like this year, if you have a tag again or if any of your family members do and how I do looking your way. Okay. Um, I do have a tag, and, and uh, we've got – I think we have seven deer tags this year between the oh, family. Wow. Um, you guys will be busy. And it's, it's, I mean, I, I don't want to be the, the pessimist guy. Um, I like to be the optimist more when we're, we're looking at these deer and that, uh, we found some good bucks so far, but, uh, we're not seeing, uh, the quality, uh, as we have before. And I think the facts are, is this drought is really, it's really put a hurt on, on the, the, the deer that we're hunting generally. Uh, and we're seeing fewer, fewer deer and, and they're not as good as they, they have been in, in a, a previous years, I believe. Um, yeah. we got one deer, one deer that he might've got an injury that came back from, from last year. And he's, he's got one side of his antlers. He's a smaller, smaller, uh, antler on the one side. The other one's near, it's close to his last year's um, big, oh, okay. big one, big side. If he matched it, you know, he's going to, he's going to push in those one nineties, maybe hit 200, but, um, but with the, the one week antler, it's, it's, uh, it's tough to know what happened to him the last year. Maybe, maybe a lion hit him uh, or, or who knows. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, I, I'm, I'm op- optimistic that we, we'll have some good opportunities, maybe not as, as good a deer as we've chased in, in the past, but I think we're going to have some, some good chances at some good bucks. Right. So hopefully it works out. It's, it's by <laughs> far not our best year. I can say happen. that. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of rough, but I'm sure you guys will figure it out and make it happen on another solid buck. 
But we still got, you know, two, two, three weeks uh, before, and so we're going to be hitting it and seeing what we can turn up, and we, we just might turn something, something else up. That's you never know. Like I yeah. said, it only it only takes five seconds to to turn up a giant. Um, right. All of a sudden, he, that he appears before you, but and that's why you just never give up. Well, Mike, I really appreciate it. I I learned a lot listening from you, and I really enjoyed hearing your story so thanks again for getting on i think i think there's a lot to learn from you i could listen to your stories all day <laughs> well it's like i say it's been an honor I, I love hunting i love i love the culture i love the getting down to the earth and 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 uh being a being one with uh, what god's created for us it's definitely and i appreciate you uh Conley, for inviting me yeah, it's been my pleasure. Thank you. Anytime, anytime.